0: So, hi, welcome to Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm
1: Glory.
0: And we're here with
1: Austin from The Undertaking.
0: Uh, we're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. Uh, so, what inspired the creation of the band and what does the band name mean?
1: Yeah, man. Um, dude, The Undertaking is a band that's kind of been on and off uh, for, for years. Uh, the guitarist Keith and the drummer Brent and myself played, have we played music together since we were in like junior high school? Oh, and wow. And so, just kind of like. Jammed on and off, but then for a long time, uh, we took a break to, you know, get jobs, start families, go to college and stuff. And so then in 2018, um, we were watching the last Warp Tour, uh, mm-hmm. travel through the country and we're seeing like all these pictures of these bands just like ripping these shows. Mm-hmm. And I think it like, inspired us to say like, Hey, we're not done making music. So then after like a flurry of texts, we're like, yo, let's get together and jam. And then like on a Monday night in, uh, in July of 2018, we got together and then basically committed to doing this. So that's kind of how we, uh, we started up again, uh, and the band name, uh, is completely wrapped in mystery. Uh, because we don't know where it came from and at some point in time it just kind of became our band name back in like you know in like high school or whatever and nobody yeah. at this point really knows like when or how it came up but i think to put it put it put it uh like where we were is like we wanted something like kind of serious so like mm-hmm. the undertaking
0: yeah. but then
1: we had the exclamation point at the end to be like oh no it's like serious but also we're having fun with it so we, it just kind of stuck and we've done that ever since
2: i <laughs> <Okay>. love that <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> Uh, so congratulations on your upcoming release, Funeral Psalms. How do you feel in response to that announcement so far?
1: Uh, yeah, man, it's been a wild ride for us up mm-hmm. to this point. Um, I mean, all things considered, too, like we start just having started up in 2018. We never expected to be here this yeah. quickly. So then to get involved with Solid State has been like a dream come true. And then, um announcing has kind of been like I'm taking my mask off so I don't need that um uh the announcement has been like drinking water from a fire hose because we're like getting all this exposure to new people and new fans um but then at the same time it's been like a little overwhelming because I think certain people wanted us to be a different genre or maybe Mm -hmm. when solid state was about to announce that they were going to sign a band I think people maybe wanted more of a metal core sound or had different expectations. And so now that we've released two songs and we're about to release our third one, I think people are starting to kind of come around on like, okay, this isn't what we expected it to be. And they're starting to kind of understand what we are as a band. So that's pretty exciting. That's
0: good. Well, I'm glad yeah. people are finally coming around to it.
1: Exactly. Oh yeah, it's the, the response. I, I I actually jumped to kind of negative. The response has been freaking awesome, and and everybody's like, we've had a ton of people just be super stoked on it and reach out, and we're we're making some rad connections. And so like on a positive note, it's been like super overwhelming in a good way. But then yeah, there's a couple people that were like, oh, you, it's too raw and it's not produced enough, and it's like, well, that's not what we're going for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, so what made you pick O negative, as the lead single?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, we didn't pick it, which is part of the reason I love it. So when we started having the conversation with solid state on the rollout, we kind of put out our suggestion for, um, what we thought would be the lead singles and what we could come up with. And then solid state presented their list mm-hmm. and kind of when it sunk in, like what their plan was for our release. Um, in the cycle and the, the timeline and stuff, it really made perfect sense because between, between O negative, then moving on to no friends. And mm-hmm. then we're going to, uh, this week, which I don't know when the podcast comes out, but the third song on the release cycle is Take Me Down the River. Mm-hmm. And each one of those songs kind of highlights like a different side of what we do okay. without fully unveiling what like the entire album is. And so O negative from solid State's standpoint was like a really quick song. It's like under two minutes, it's under three minutes mm-hmm. and it's very chaotic and like mm-hmm. kind of punches you in the face and then no friends is the next song does the same thing where it comes out super strong and just kind of just hammers in this riff on people. And so I think from solid state standpoint, they wanted to kind of create a little bit of mystery mm-hmm. uh, of like, okay, these songs are kind of crazy and chaotic and let's kind of tease people uh, with these riffs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it was just kind of like samples of what the album was going to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have Have you guys listened to the full thing? Yes. Okay, so, so yeah, so that's like, insightful to me to know where this conversation can go. Because then when you listen to the body of work, those fit in the album in like mm-hmm. a very specific spot. Mm-hmm. But on its own, it's like, you can kind of take it as the single that's chaotic and crazy, but then taken with the whole album, it mm-hmm. really makes sense on what we're trying to convey definitely
0: i mean tim definitely hyped this up in the email like the entire (laughs) album he was like dude i love this this is one of my favorite things right now and i really did enjoy the record while i was going through it like props Mm -hmm. to tim um
2: yeah thanks tim yeah i I wanted to ask because you didn't pick the single what would have been your choice for the lead single if you're allowed to tell us i don't know
1: oh no 100 percent Uh, we kind of thought, uh, the uh, 10th song on the album called, I really don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. We thought that that was like a good highlight of what we're able to do as a band. And it has like a little bit of clean singing. Mm -hmm. Um, it has some chaoticness to it. It ends with like a heavy part. So we, we had, I think thrown out, I really don't want to be here. Uh, wrenches was one of the ones that we Mm -hmm. were suggesting as a single. And then, um, Maybe something like Holy Smokes, uh, but yeah. Then just as we kind of talked and came up with this plan, it was really fun to hear what they, why they didn't necessarily agree. And mm-hmm. then I mean, we we know nothing, and we're like a teeny tiny little baby band, and mm-hmm. so we trust all date and how they uh, have handled this. And I mean, yeah. like the release cycle and in in schedule so far has like completely crushed. So yeah. <laughs> Okay.
2: that's good. That's good. So is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? um
1: yeah so the album name comes from this album was written in just like a really really bad year Mm -hmm. so we we wrote and recorded uh and demoed everything out in like at the beginning of quarantine I do you can i a little caveat on how this happened is we released a song at the beginning of quarantine because no every all the shows get canceled and uh, we're like, OK, we got to write some music. So we start writing. We're about to release the single called Who's Afraid of Eleven Wolves. And then we're about to go into just self-releasing an EP. And then because of our manager, Joey, who's the guitarist of the youth, he, hit, he, he took that song and he sent it out to a couple people. And the next thing you know, we're on the hook with Solid State. Uh-huh. And then we're about to like start on this EP and we have to pivot really quickly to writing a full length album full like 11 songs. And yeah. so then like a couple months later, we're hopping in the studio. So, so that all informs kind of where we're at. A lot of this happened really quickly during COVID yeah. and you have a pandemic where people are getting furloughed and 550,000, 100,000 people are dying in the United States and mm-hmm. you got politics and mm-hmm. race and there's so many things going on. And we are able to then bottle that up. And like, especially in like the lyrics and stuff, there's a lot of frustration and a lot of anger uh, pointed at whoever you want to point that to. But a lot of that was bottled up from this just kind of being created in a bad year and mm-hmm. um, and then for me personally, uh, I, I'm i a man of faith and stuff. So I took kind of David's approach to uh, Psalms and how he just like cried out to God and he yelled at God. And there was this like real open relationship. And I kind of took that and and used that to inform the album title, which is Funeral Psalms, which is kind of like a more dour and bleak look on maybe Christianity which mm-hmm. just is, is my personal relationship with that uh and then the album artwork is super dope because we uh, have used a guy named Dave Quiggle I'm not sure if you guys are familiar who he is but he does a lot of stuff in the hardcore industry and he's my mm-hmm. tattoo artist up in Semecula so he's done all of our artwork up to this point and we're gonna like move forward with him and Adam from Solid State calls and he's like yo give me a shot with this new guy Trey Hales Mm -hmm. Uh, who works with counterparts and a couple of record labels around town. He's a kind of an up and coming artist. And uh, Adam uh, Scatula from Solid State art directed the whole thing. And they just like completely crushed the Mm. whole look and feel of this thing. Definitely. And then if you guys are fans of horror, horror movies at all, it's a combination of Midsommar, Uh The Witch and Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Mm -hmm. um where you have some of like kind of that pagan like imagery around the edges yeah and then uh the kind of the forest theme is kind of taken from that movie the witch and Mm -hmm. then the font is from uh from a movie called mother that came out a couple years ago which was like all pen like like ink cursive and stuff so so adam and i are big horror film fans so we kind of geeked out on designing the the album cover with some of those references
2: definitely That that is amazing and you just like you gave us like a lot of information really fast. So, your manager is the guitarist in the Used, and then yeah, have, you, have you heard of the Used? Yes. Yes. Fucking love <laughs> the Used. Because <Okay.
0: laughs> I I hate how you just said that no so nonchalantly like yeah manager is one of the guys in the Used you know anyways sure, moving yeah, so on jo-
1: Joey Bradford, uh, love the man he's he's like part he's our family now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's our manager. But he, the reason why this whole thing happened is because he was supposed to be on tour with the youth yeah. uh, and, co- and And there's like a sick tour that they were supposed to go on. But then that got canceled. So he had some free time. So he was able to finish his studio called the Vibatorium. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's so the, here in San Diego. We, we just went and recorded an album at our buddy's house who happens to be the guitarist of the youth. And that's really cool. Yeah.
0: I hate how you said cancel tour because now my brain's going a mile a minute.
1: <laughs> I'll uh, I'll let you know maybe offline. I don't know if it's actually public information because it's still probably going to happen. But it's definitely, if you're a fan of the U's, that was definitely a tour that you uh, wanted to be at.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't think it's public information. So yeah, definitely don't go leaking it. <laughs> no. Wait, uh, um,
2: so I wanted to actually ask because we're talking about the U's now. How? What is it like just having a mentor almost would you count him as a mentor for your band
1: yeah um
2: I'll be super candid
1: it's very frustrating because (laughs) I could send 50 million emails and I'll get two responses and then Joey uh will be on a phone call and I'm like hey can we get connected with this guy and he's like yeah let me send a text and he'll respond and I don't say this pretentiously at all and mm-hmm. he, he'll, he'll be like this guy's gonna respond to me super quick and literally within like a minute or so like they're like what do you need dude like because the joey i don't if you've ever gotten to know him he's like one of the kindest one of the chillest dudes you'll ever meet and so oh. everybody loved him mm-hmm. and uh being able to just kind of just be part of his uh bubble is really really cool and really fun mm-hmm. and so for him i mean just being able to like open up doors for us and then mm, he kind of Uh, in a a really cool way between Solid State and between Joey, a lot of them just kind of open up doors for us and then they trust us to kind of walk through. So Joey's constantly just like going ahead of us just to be like, yo, like, you got to check out this band. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he makes the connections for us and then we take it from there. But then, I mean, being able to pick his brain, I mean, he's been around forever. So I don't know if Joey was a guitarist for, and a singer for a band called Thieves and Liars. He was in Hell or High Water with uh, Brandon Soller from Atreyu. And the dude's just been around. So for us to be able to like glean any and all information from him is like, yeah, it's the coolest thing ever.
0: That's so awesome.
2: I can't imagine. (laughs) It's amazing.
0: Um, So can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this record? You said wrote it in quarantine and everything. So I'm curious how you guys went about that.
1: Yeah. um, Our guitarist is an EDM producer or I'm sorry. (laughs) Our drummer is an EDM producer. So, All that to say is he has a pretty tight home studio and Mm -hmm. between that ability and then our two guitarists being able to like send riffs uh, on their computer, it's really a a fun and exhilarating process because then Johnny or Keith have an idea for a song. They send out the the riff to Brent. Brent takes it and kind of restructures it and makes it a song. And then once we kind of approve on like the general structure of a song, I'll kind of start throwing some lyrics out, excuse mm-hmm. me. And so then like even right now, like we're, we haven't even released funeral songs. We have like seven demos floating around for like the next album. Cause we're just like always writing and always riffing. Yeah. Um, and so then when Solid State calls and says, says they want to sign us and they want us to hop in the studio, we had like 15 or so songs kind of floating around in our drop boxes. And then at some point, we start to send those to Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we hop into the studio, we we'll <laughs> kind of take those templates and throw it on the wall, record some drums, and then you kind of start riffing through it. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing with computers nowadays is you have a wave file of a song and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this section right here doesn't quite work right there but what if you put it right here and you stretch this part out and then just on the computer you can kind of map out the trajectory of a a song Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's what we're kind of always doing is just always riffing always writing Mm -hmm. and just always like throwing ideas out there um and and, i mean to be honest it's super inspiring because then in my head i'm always writing more lyrics because you never know when like a riff that comes through uh our emails is going to match up like perfectly with the riff idea or Mm -hmm. vice versa. Maybe I have a riff and I have a certain lyric pattern. I can put that in a voice memo and send it out to the guitarist and the drummer uh, and they can kind of make something work of that, which is always so so terribly embarrassing because the voice demos are always like so bad. And then Aww. it ends up on like a demo that we listen to over and over again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, that's so
2: bad. Like, it's I promise okay. this isn't
0: what it's going to sound like.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to be better. Exactly. It's Exactly, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's solid. All right. Uh, so I want you to pick your favorite lyric off the album and tell us the meaning behind it.
1: Uh, on the song... Uh, nostalgia can be a nasty beast mm-hmm. um i say cowabunga and that's like <laughs> that's it let's go
2: words uh, to live by definitely
1: let's let's see like ninja turtles man all oh. day long oh my god
2: so true oh, i love the ninja turtles love
1: them. um
2: oh there i did it
1: <laughs> yeah, perfect just gonna hang um, there it's fine so no, I'm kidding. Uh, but but truthfully, in every one of the songs, I try to like layer in a couple little pop culture references
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for people to kind of chew on. So it's fun to kind of pepper those in. Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, man, I, I, I I'm I'm really proud of a lot of the stuff that we wrote, and I yeah. think my writing process. I'm I'm always trying to make sure that I can uh, I can feel what we're saying and so if I start with like a general theme for a song I'm gonna work and work and work until that actually means something personally mm-hmm. uh, to me and and yeah maybe something like oh negative which is a song that was written kind of in like the pits of anxiety and depression where it's a song where you're like crying out to either the universe or whatever God you believe in and like nobody's responding to you and so it's like you as like on your knees just kind of like crying out like can somebody please help us here and like yeah nobody's responding and so it's like a really kind of mean and biting song but then in the middle of O Negative I threw out the lyric that sometimes dead is better which is a quote from Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. um a Stephen King movie and novel and so it's kind of fun just to kind of pepper in like a little bit of this serious uh subject matter and then kind of tuck in like a little pop culture reference in there
2: definitely this is the, I just, I'm sorry. This is the second time you brought up like horror movies and you already said you guys like horror movies. I want to ask like, what's your top three? Because I've just sure. recently gotten into them. So
1: uh, uh, this is a little frustrating. Cause then I, I kind of sound cliche, but uh, the the original Shining with Jack Nicholson is one of my favorite. Okay. Uh, the Mist. Did you, have you seen The Mist?
2: I don't think so. I think I saw it. Is it like on Netflix or something? I think I've I'm not, seen, not sure like, they the made cover. a TV
1: show out of it, but okay. there's a movie called The Mist, which was done by Frank Darabont, who did uh, like uh, Green Mile, and he did the first couple episodes of The Walking Dead. And mm. when you watch it, it has like one of the worst endings of all time, uh, in the sense that it's like a gut punch, and you, uh, the movie ends, and you're just like, no, no, there's more, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good, and so I love The Mist and then um uh alien let's let's call alien a horror film but the original alien is like one of the greatest movies of all time i I like that one
2: alien's very good i agree with those okay good
0: uh so how did you go about sorting the track list uh did you write the opener to be the opener and the closer to be the closer or did they just kind of fall that way
1: no this is like one of the most exciting parts of writing is one night we were sitting in the studio and we're like hey we got to kind of come up with like an order mm-hmm. and we just started with a whiteboard like writing down potential song order and it was like an argument and it was like a flurry of just like no it's a bad idea yeah. and then You're at, at sucks. some point no no seriously like even i i'll go back to uh i really don't want to be here at song 10 Mm -hmm. Like that was a song that we potentially thought could have been like song two or three. But then as we started to kind of build the order and really realize like where things kind of locked into place, that song just naturally fit at 10, Mm -hmm. which so you kind of start to take each song for what it is and realize like the problem with being included in the apocalypse has this great intro and it starts with this like kind of jolt of energy. Yeah, And you finish that song And then you want something that's going to Like really attack the listener So No Friends is the second song naturally Because it comes out with this heavy hammering riff And then it ends on such like a cliffhanger Where the song doesn't revol- resolve And then you enter into Plague Which is like a little bit of a palate cleanser Because there's some clean vocals on there
2: Yeah
1: and And, and so then the songs kind of just all fit into place And then that's like one of the most exciting parts Because then you realize like OK, we're piecing these all, all together uh, with and everything worked out just fine. Always was the closer because of how that song ends with like the really big breakdown. Yeah. But then unintentionally, we're like burying the lead in the sense that there's a song featuring Cove from Sayosin as song number 11 on the album, mm-hmm. which a lot of people would probably have that as like the fourth song on the album to kind of like attract people to it but we're like no we're really proud of these songs and really happy with like where they're at in Mm -hmm. the place and then yeah like everything kind of fell into everything kind of fell into an accidental order and yeah the song listing and the the progression of the album was really fun to realize like okay all these songs actually had a place that they were meant to be Mm -hmm. uh, when we put them in those when when we put them in that exact spot
2: All right, that's amazing. I'm happy you guys didn't like break up from fighting over the (laughs) checklist. Oh, no, no, we're
1: chill, man Like Mm -hmm. our fights aren't even that bad. It's just like no, I don't agree and it's like well you're wrong because this is right (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I'm glad you brought up the feature because I wanted to ask uh, how that came about
1: Yeah, so Joey and uh, I wish it was this like insane story of like magical coincidences and stuff But Joey and cove are actually uh, good good friends from high school Mm -hmm. um And so then we kind of had circled that we wanted Cove or somebody to feature on one of the songs. And the night that we were recording uh, and everything worked out just fine, um, it was time for the feature. And we said, hey, we would love to have somebody on this chorus. What about Cove? And so Joey picks up his phone and he's like, hey, Cove, what are you doing tonight? And Cove is like, oh, I'm chilling. And he's like, you want to come and write a song with Undertaking? And uh, he's like, yeah. So like twenty minutes later, Cove busts through the door of the studio, oh uh, God. hops on the mic, records the records the chorus, and then like an hour and a half later, he's like on his way out the door. Um but yeah, he's a he's a buddy of ours too. So yeah, it's pretty tight.
2: <laughs> that is that's that's impressive. That's very impressive. So like legit like twenty minutes and then how long Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah, he lives down he the
1: street. Uh he lives down the street from Joey, so it was like a 10 minute drive, 20 minute whatever uh and I'm, I'm not exaggerating uh probably he was in the studio for like an hour hour and a half and then he just like took off but but I mean again like there's a relationship there so Joey and yeah. him are good buddies uh Joey manages his band Dead American as well mm-hmm. as ours so then there's like connections like that when you start to look through you're like oh yeah this like makes total logical sense but yeah. in the in the flow of like a couple hours on this random like tuesday night knock to august of 2020 you're like yo that was super dope and like what a once in a lifetime opportunity so i can send you guys some of the footage behind the scenes stuff too it's really cool because he just like hopped in and joey's like throwing uh we had written the the melody and the lyrics and stuff and H- cove just gets behind the mic and starts uh starts riffing on that and then joey uh, joey is sending uh, Harmony's over to him, and he's just picking those up and putting them on the mic and stuff. So it was really, really organic and really fun. That's yeah, awesome. Please
2: send that over. That'd be amazing to watch. Yeah. Ah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, so while going through the album, what band or artist influences pop out the most to you?
1: Yeah. So we're all a little bit older in like our early to mid 30s. And so we're very much influenced by the hardcore stuff that kind of came out in like 2003 to 2010 um and so for us like massive influences are going to be some of the solid state bands from that era the the chariot uh under oath norma Mm -hmm. Jean, and then stuff uh like every time i die but then the nuances of our band is keith is going to come from a a rock and roll background where like one of his favorite bands is led zeppelin Mm -hmm. but then from a hardcore standpoint he's very much influenced by dillinger escape plant so keith is going to have this kind of like riff Math core riff factory, uh, rooted in rock and roll. Yeah. And then Johnny is going to come from more of like a singer songwriter perspective where he's, uh, like our little emo guy and he's going to like want to, want to bring like song structure and chorus, verse, chorus, bridge type of stuff. And so that's like the fun melting point of our band is we kind of hide this song structure within like a chaotic form. Yeah. And so we're kind of taking the Dillinger Chariot kind of chaos, but then wrapping it into like a consumable uh, song structure, which I think is really an interesting like wrinkle that we do. Where you're like, if you really dive into our songs, you're like, oh, there's very much a clear verse and clear chorus
2: and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more, no less.
1: Three words.
2: Energetic,
1: aggressive, and alligators.
2: Alligator? Yeah, I saw that in your bio. I was like, "What? What does alligator mean?"
1: <laughs> like- uh, in our in one of our first songs off of our EP, Scavengers, I threw in the word alligators randomly,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, kind of just stuck. And people like thought it was funny that I was yelling alligators in the middle of a song. Yeah. And so people started to bring inflatable alligators to our shows. <gasps> Um, like our guitarist, Keith, there's some pictures of him getting pulled through the venue. Like he's on the ground on the alligator and people were just like pulling him through the crowd. Oh my God. Um, Wow. So that, I don't know, for some reason that's kind of embodied a little bit of our live show, like chaos is alligators.
2: (laughs) Wow. So you're the alligator band now. That's, that's iconic. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: It's iconic. You have a brand now. So is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners?
1: Yeah, well, uh, man, the whole thing of writing music is it's such like a visceral experience. And so the point of our music is when somebody puts it on, especially if they're intending to listen to like hardcore and and punk rock, Mm -hmm. that's from from song one to song 11 that you're always going to kind of find that ability to just kind of bob your head yeah you know and it's got that feel of like okay i can understand what's going on and i can i can comprehend kind of what this song is trying to get me to do in terms of like moving my body (laughs) so i want people to be able to feel that from like a core standpoint of like putting these putting the song on when you're running or working out or just hanging around the house but you kind of kind of feel that feel the groove of the song but then underneath that i want people to authenticity and that's a huge Mm -hmm. part of our band is that these lyrics and us in our general vibe we're very authentic real people and we're just a bunch of dudes who want to get together and play music and have fun doing that and I think I want people to feel that freedom to just kind of let loose when you listen to our music that there's there's no expectations on on what you can feel or uh, not feel or whatever, but then yeah, from a lyrical standpoint too, uh, all this stuff it means something, you know. And I hope people mm-hmm. listen to and dive into the lyrics and and they can attach meaning to that on their own. For me as yeah. a lyricist, I don't want to tell people necessarily what a song really, really means. I'll, I'll talk all day about it if you want to, but I want you to listen to the song and attach your own personal meaning to it,
0: yeah. so that
1: that song becomes something else as soon as I release it into the world. Yeah, Aww. Makes sense. That's good.
0: Yeah. Uh so where do you see the band in the next five years?
1: I have no idea, man. Friggin' two two and a half years ago we were not doing this at all. And so yeah. in like two and a half years we've gone from a garage band of a bunch of dads and now we're signed to like a rad label and putting out a full length on vinyl and doing mm-hmm. some sick stuff. And I think the next logical step is that, yeah, five years, let's, let's put out like three more albums and just like take the world by storm and just Oof. keep pushing. Yeah. And then I uh, would love to play some cool shows. I think um, we're starting to have conversations about what tours would look like, what shows would look like, um, especially now that the industry is starting to wake up, but really mm-hmm. nobody knows what's coming up. So uh for us i mean there are no expectations and there's no limitations and like just i guess what i mean by that is in the last two and a half years man to see where we've come and where we are now like i'm not gonna put a cap on us like yeah. let's just keep going
2: <laughs> exactly sky's the limit do everything exactly.
1: It, exactly so who knows like let's go to japan let's go to europe let's uh let's let's destroy
2: exactly Take over the world man that'd be amazing uh so for the last couple questions we're actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you yes please at six we're going to go straight to death row boom so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink
1: oh i just want uh, i want tacos i want carnitas tacos
2: mm-hmm.
1: with uh gin and tonic and i'm good to go all
0: right solid. that okay. was very easy
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm from san diego i could eat tacos every single day for every single meal so (laughs) that makes sense yeah that's fair fair. tacos are amazing so i agree with you on that Uh, but they have to be like real tacos it's not like Tex-Mex stuff or like norcal tacos they're like real tacos exactly yeah
2: authentic Mm uh
0: so if you could live in one fiction world for a week where would you live oh what was that if you could live in one fiction world for a week where would you live
1: one fictional world
0: for a week yep
1: oh man i mean the shire would be like pretty dope to it live there they chill hard they do
2: they have like what 10 meals a day
1: yeah life. man i mean
2: you just take a bunch of naps to eat
1: a bunch gandalf comes you guys smoke a little bit you got fireworks and, exactly like, just chilling. yeah it's a
2: dream it's a dream uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color?
1: I'm so boring. My favorite color is black. So like my entire <laughs> wardrobe is just black t-shirts, got black hat on. But I used to love, uh, I used to love blue. But I mean, I just, black is a good color. So. Okay, it but wh-
0: what shade of blue?
1: Uh, good navy blue, not light Ooh. blue. It's got to be like a darker, warm blue, kind of like the old uh, uh, Padre hat. So it's like Ooh. nice little navy blue action. Yeah, all right,
2: mm-hmm. solid.
0: Uh, so as Glory said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug?
1: No, I mean, thanks for having us on. I mean, you guys are killing it with this podcast. I was checking it out when Tim sent it our way, and it seems like you guys have a lot of fun doing it. And I just always want to thank people for doing this kind of stuff because you you're keeping the scene kind of going and highlighting bands and that's like such a that's such a big thing for us these days and i mean for anybody who's listening and if you want to check out the the band or our album funeral songs i mean just follow us on spotify and we really appreciate that i try not to beg people to buy our merch because i know times are tough right now but it's like a like on instagram a like on spotify i mean that goes so far and you guys know that from your podcast like rate and review five stars like we're all trying to fight the algorithm for mm-hmm.
2: attention yeah definitely
0: all right uh, well thank you for now This has been austin from the undertaking and uh, we're the good noise podcast